0: Hey, Queeros, Cami here. Oh my goodness. I have COVID and I'm in a hotel room in Vancouver. So I've just been, because there's like nothing I can do. I've just been uh, recording episodes of Query with uh, Matt and Jordan joining me via Zoom and it's making me feel real joyed. Joyed? We don't know. But hopefully they also are uh, coherent. I think they are. Like this conversation with Samantha Ronson I, like, really wanted to to connect with Samantha. Um, we have worked at a bunch of events together, but, like, never really talked as people. And so it was so cool to have a chance to talk. And I think there's, like, a lot of honesty and um, vulnerability in this chat that honest, I was, like, not, I wasn't sure. How much will people ever tell me? And sometimes it's a lot. I apparently have a trustworthy Zoom face. Um, so anyway, please enjoy this episode and send all sorts of healing vibes to the north, unless you live north of Vancouver and then send us out south. Okay, bye bye.
1: i feeling
0: wrong but I'm I'm darling, I know,
1: I know, I know it's careless.
0: I'm happy to be talking to you today. How are you? Thank you for <laughs> saying yes. I'm good. Um, I always have guests on the podcast introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, I heard that on your thing, and, uh, <laughs> I was just like, hmm. Um, uh, hi, I'm Samantha Ronson. Hello, Samantha Ronson. Um. How many of these have you done? So many. Like, a lot. A lot. Um. Like, like, I, over 200? Yeah, let, that's right. Something like that. Okay. Uh, jo- can I re- Jordan would know. Yeah. Can I, can I reintroduce myself? J- Absolutely, Yes. Hi, I am Samantha Ronson, and I am Cameron's 250th choice to have on this podcast. <laughs> you know, you're, uh,
0: I didn't know if you would, I didn't know if you would say yes. I was I mean, stoked, stoked you said yes. It was cool you said yes. You know, we've, I don't know if you know this, but like, so we've done a couple, two events that we were both at. One was um, the after party for the women's march which was like at the 9:30 club and right. that, that was, was so a fun. that was kind of a wild situation because um the folks that were organizing it wanted me to stay on stage while you were setting up dj equipment behind mm-hmm. um and that was i just will say that was one of the you know, I've just been in every possible situation as a stand-up comic, but like that it's always it's always fun to be performing in front of something other people would also like to see. <laughs> like <laughs> physically in front of something that people are trying to look through. You uh um so like that's the first time, and then the other time was at TV and, and Sarah. Sarah's um yeah. foundation. Party launch of I don't even yeah what what
1: that I don't yeah I don't know what I've that was but it was events but yeah but yeah no I got to hear your, your stand up was really funny that night I'll I don't figure. think I got to really hear your stand up the night that you were performing while I was setting up I think what I'm saying is I'm not sure anybody was hearing <laughs> my stand up
0: <laughs> like I had been I had also been on stage for four hours at that point just oh, vamping God. between acts that were like showing up from marching and they didn't
1: know people when people were going to arrive. So it was a pretty like it was a pretty hilarious gig. Truly. I think that was also my third gig that night. Um which was yeah. also
0: wild. What were you
1: where else were you? Where else had you been? Do you remember? Actually I think it was my my fourth because I DJ'd at the Women's March, yeah, the bitter end um when they didn't actually march. Because there are too many people. Yeah, and then the I stand. Yes. Yes, and then I DJed an event for the organizers of the Women's March at, in like a brownstone. Okay. And then I DJed another event, which in my mind was a strip club. It probably wasn't, but like it was like a club. Okay. And then I came to the 9:30 club. I Well, this is the part of the interview where I
0: admit that I have no idea what your job is. Like I do not know what it is to be a DJ. Like I actually don't know what you arrive with. Like I have no idea if going between all of those different events involves like a ton of gear. Do you bring your own gear? Is there from, you're there? Like I don't that, understand how your job. I don't understand your job. I don't know what your job. Is.
1: When I started my job, that would have involved schlepping like many, many crates of records around with me that yes. weigh a lot of a lot. That
0: one I've seen in in uh, TV shows and movies. I yes. understand what you're talking yes.
1: about. <laughs> um but that changed when everything kind of shifted to digital. So now I bring with me. I bring with me my laptop. That sounded like a very odd way to say that sentence. Anyway, now I bring my laptop that has tens of thousands of songs in it. I bring headphones. I bring needles and slip mats for my records and records and they're time-coded pieces of vinyl. So wherever it's it's very hard to explain without the record in front. And no, you but just you're look doing great. So confused. No, <laughs> Your you're face doing great. is
0: just like it's, be, it's a, it's childlike wonder. That's what it oh, okay. is. I'm wrapped. Okay. It's wrapped.
1: wrapped attention. Got it. R-A-P-T wrapped. Um, is that how you spell it or is that? Yeah, a that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Um, so I don't know why I turned that into a spelling beat. Okay. <laughs> I'm not around people much anymore in the last few years. So. Who has been near people? Okay. So the vinyl, it's like, they are two real pieces of vinyl and they have, time code in them. So wherever I drop the needle on the record, it reads it within from the MP3 of the song. Yes. So I select a song on my laptop, one for the left turntable, one for the right turntable. And as I manipulate the record, I manipulate the MP3. It's magic is all I can say. I don't know how it works. I do not know the technology. I do know that it has done wonders for my posture. And so I'm not, like, carrying crates. Oh, my God. I mean, can I also <laughs> say, like, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't really
0: understand that that's how it works, but that makes perfect sense. Sure. Although I actually wouldn't have thought that you bring your own needles. I don't know why that one is blowing my mind.
1: I mean, I could put that in my rider. So I don't bring the turntables. With, I don't bring anything with me but my backpack. And then the rest is provided for me. Yeah. But I in like your them. backpack are the records. The records. And the needles. The needles that go on the end. And your laptop. The... Yeah. Hopefully. I have shown up to work without a laptop in that <laughs> bag, and that is a real bummer. A L- little tough? A <laughs> little tough. <laughs> what did you do? What did you do in that situation? Th- Thankfully, it was it was just, um, I was just streaming on Twitch, but I had driven from uh. Ojai to LA to do <laughs> it. So it was like three hours of driving for no reason. Um, I think I ended up just like playing off my iPhone and then another DJ showed up and I used his laptop. When did you start DJing? Give me like a general time frame or. Uh, It was the 90s, Um, 1997, 98 when I started. Where were you? New York City. Where were you DJing? Uh, like trendy lounges, uh, in Soho, basically West village in Soho. What was going on in your life outside of that at the time? Oh, just pure chaos. Um, (laughs) It's kind of funny because the reason I started DJing was because I had the first girl I was ever with had a record player at her house and records. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I want records. And then my boyfriend at the time, he was a doorman at a club in New York. And so he, one of the nights the DJ didn't show up. So we went to my car and got CDs and played them. And then the next night I came back with these records that I had amassed. And that's it. That was it. I've been DJing ever since. I like wrote in my journal that night. I think I want to be a DJ. <laughs> and that's, I haven't looked back for sh- too many years. And so maybe I'm like, I don't know.
0: I could have just missed everything, but I think about like the era of the like celebrity DJ. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know a person that falls in that category like before you to me. I mean, I'm sure there were like people who were drawing before that, but like I don't, I don't, I was too, I was maybe too young. Or in I just that, maybe wasn't, like, I, d- I just don't, like, have that association before that time.
1: Well, I mean, if you're talking about in that Us Weekly kind of way, like, me, AM, and, like, but there were, there was, they were just, they were um, producers, like, Jellybean, or, um, who did all the Madonna stuff.
0: I, I, I don't know. Yeah. If, I, why, yeah. I don't know who Jellybean is. And that's, maybe I should. Maybe there's a real problem that I don't know.
1: I mean, there were, like, all, like, the classic... Armin van Helden, like all the classic house DJs. Sure, I know that's a thing. Again, it's like like having awareness of the fact that that's a thing, but just like mainstream open format, like on that level. Yeah. No, there there wasn't really that in that way because of the. I think it was just like music became. Like open format DJs wasn't really a thing before. It was either you were a hip hop DJ or you were a house DJ or you were a rock DJ. There wasn't anybody that really did all of it. My brother kind of was one of the first people to do that. And uh, I don't know, because I wasn't I didn't mean to be a DJ. Like I didn't like study up on my history, you know, like it was just like I loved music and I always knew a lot about music. So it was just kind of like something that was like a happy accident. But I mean, I would have played Joe Walsh and like the Beatles and Joan Jett and Biggie. And I played what I knew, Joni Mitchell. Like I played, kind of ran the gamut because I played what I loved. Oh, this is like so interesting. I, I gotta say, I think this is really interesting. I think it's
0: super cool because we're talking about something that like may have not existed before in the way that you do it or that you, you know, started doing it. That's, that's pretty rad shit to think about thing, uh, I don't know, like from an anthropological perspective, I can get jazzed <laughs> on things. I can get jazzed on anything. Um, But like, a, yeah, I love that. So your social life, though, I mean, in your your the way that you were spending your time was already uh-huh. in clubs. Like that was not like the the environment and the places and the people that would have been there. That would are. That was already what your life was.
1: Yes, I was already, like, in clubs, but I was, like, pretty, like, socially awkward and anxious, so I would always hang out in the DJ booth because it was, like, a safe place. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew That's all the DJs. That's also why you become a stand-up comic, just so you know. What, because you just, like, are hiding in the background, you're like, oh, let me make you like me? Well, number one, that, but also you're on stage, or you're, like, off in the corner. You, yeah, you You don't have to, your... like,
0: mix with the milieu. It's like, you're, yeah. not, you're not, like,
1: you're not expected to be... But let me tell you, I one up you because I have headphones. I'm like, oh. no, you can't even hear you. Sorry. It's, it's true. Well, hang on a second. But
0: if you talk to me, I can get you thrown out of the place because that is illegal. True.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's one up. Okay. We're back on even ground, I feel like. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So, so you start DJing. You're in New York. That's where you're li- Is that where you're from? I don't know where you're from. No, I'm from London. And I think I do know that. Okay. Maybe. Cool. Should we play many we- questions? See what you know? Not very much. <laughs> I don't know. Just like, okay, you're from London.
1: I'm from London. And I moved to New York with my mother and my stepfather and my brother and sister when I was about six and stayed in New York until 2005 when I moved to LA. And I'm moving back to New York actually in the fall. So, oh, are you? Mm-hmm. Um, any particular reason? Because C- I just w- w- I'm a masochist. Um, I love the <laughs> winter so much. No, my girlfriend wants to move. So, oh, I mean that's that's a beautiful reason to move. Yeah, I don't. There's no reason I can't. What am I doing here? A podcast every now and then. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I have no idea. I don't know
0: what your yeah. I don't know what your life is. I got. I got I'm finding it out. <laughs> Bitch, I don't know your life. <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay. I mean, I'm just also thinking about, like, what you're talking... It just sounds so cool. Being a DJ? It is. But also, like, like what what, what age are you talking... What, what age are you? When you're, like, you're, like... It's, like, the late 90s. You're, like, going in... You're, like, clubbing in New York. And then you're gonna, like, become a DJ there. It just sounds... Like, in the late 90s, I was, um... You know, like, wearing a jumper. I just mean, like, we were having different experiences of the late 90s, is what I'm saying. We were. I-
1: I, mean, I was listen. I was in a
0: slightly different spot. Where were you? I was in Chicago. I, would, I was like okay. in you know I would have been high school. Um, I was like a jock and I was um outspoken, uh funny person, but not the class clown because I was like following all the rules. was um, my sister had been wild, and so oh. then you know you it, you can't get too wilds. Mm -hmm. you know, there's, if there's a wild, then you have to be the not wild. And then my little sister is also wild. So it's like wild, not wild, wild.
1: Right. But then you were gay. So you kind of balanced it out. It's exactly right. And then I also
0: have the weirdest job. So it's like somehow I got the wild in at the end, but, um, yeah. So like I was, and, and I think in terms of what was going on in my life, you know, I was like trying to date men. I was pretty, um, confused about I certainly wasn't like going anywhere cool. I was, I was seeing a lot of music though. That is something that's really awesome is that for some reason, my group of friends or like my mom, I don't know what it was, but I was seeing, I saw shit your mom. live shows
1: well, <laughs> we to live just, shows with your mom.
0: <laughs> actually. Yeah. My mom took me to see the stones Madonna. Okay. Um, okay. She took me to see the David Bowie art exhibit. David Bowie is, she flew me in a couple years ago to Chicago to like, go to that with her my mom was fucking cool yeah um clearly yeah so like yeah i was seeing shows with my mom but i was also seeing shows with my friends but yeah i don't know that's like the the only cool thing i was doing was seeing everybody
1: i was like did you ever see the show absolutely fabulous of course okay so i was like the saffron in my family right ah (laughs) because my mother was literally a dean and patsy got smushed together into one right so my stepfather founded and is the lead guitar player for a band called foreigner. So, uh, growing up, my life was not normal. And like, I wanted to go to boarding school and my mother said, no, like I, like the weekend of like some jet, giant party that my brother and sister went to with like guns and roses and like everything. I was like, I'm going to stay home and read a book. Um, <laughs> I was like full blown nerd. Um, I wrote other people's papers for fun in school <laughs> Oh, we would have we would have gotten along. Mm-hmm. I mean, my twins, I have a twin sister who was like all the boys were obsessed with, like, she was so cool. She's she became a fashion designer, and uh she's my best friend. But she was like the sister that like didn't let the boys be mean to me. Like she didn't care enough about them for for Aww. to not defend me from like bullies. Like when I got picked up by my pants and somebody was like like trying to beat me up and my sister's like that's my sister and they're like that's a girl because I had like a hat on and like baggy jeans and whatever my sister always like my sister could literally run me over with a truck today and I wouldn't hold her to it because like adolescence is so brutal that somebody has your back in adolescence like they get a serious pass
0: you know I gotta say I haven't thought about that's my sister in a minute, but. I think because of, like, what's going on gender-wise for me. So my older sister, you know, she did always look out for me, but, like, in some different ways. But, but like, she was a little tough on her. She was very beautiful with big boobs at mm-hmm. a time that that was, like, really... I think it was, like, genuinely really hard for her, like, really challenging. I just mean, she had a lot of attention. She okay. was, like, a nerd and wore giant glasses and then it literally like from a movie, then like got contacts and like lost her bangs. And it was, she was like hot overnight. Right. It was getting all this attention and, and she's, she's all that. Her. It literally like that happened. <laughs> that happened. Okay. Um, and it, and, um, so I was sort of like her defender right. in a, in a way that was like, <clears throat> like that. I, I actually struggle to lose now because it just like, imprinted on that relationship you know we're like uh, we're like fully both in our 40s so it's like not right. the vibe that i need to like <laughs> beat up men for her but um the first email i ever sent I, but you would I, but i would meet, beat up men. yeah the first email i ever sent i logged on to my parents aol account to send a threatening email to her boyfriend <laughs> but it came from my parents account which also has the word golfer in it right <laughs> <at> <laughs> It was like from whatever, you know, golfer at AOL.com. And it was like, don't fuck with my sister. I'll end you, you know? Um. So with golf clubs, somebody received that email, but um, I know what you mean about sisters defending sisters. It's important. It's important.
1: Mm-hmm. And all the other girls in my school were nice to me because they all had crushes on my brother. So, oh, wow. Yeah. But I went, we went to, we all went to separate schools. I, we, my sister and i went to different all-girls schools my brother went to all-boys school we still managed to defend each other from from well, afar different buildings
0: <laughs> so what what happened next you're this nerd you're like this nerdy person and
1: then um and then, what, how, then but now you're going clubbing so what's in the what happened in the but like but like i was a i was never like i was cool it's just like knowing who you are and being you when you're in high school, just, like, doesn't necessarily translate well. That is very well said. I know what you mean. So, I was going to, I went to an all-girls private school in the Upper East Side, like, Ivanka Trump was in, like, the grade behind me. Do you know what I mean? Like, all the yeah. girls, it was, like, Waspy, like, you know, J Crew, Ralph Lauren, and I was, you know, buying Doc Martens and shopping at, like, Anna Sweet, and, like, my mom was cool, and uh... Yeah, it's not, I never really had to like grow into myself. I was pretty much always myself. It's just like, I just had to like remove myself from where I was. Like I was still, I was like popular at school. I was, you know, I was popular because everybody was a nerd at my school, you know? Yeah, actually, I mean, sure. I get that. Except for like the drunk slutty girls that like drank and, you know. Yeah. (laughs) They were cool, but like they weren't necessarily well-liked.
0: Oh, I think that life was also hard for those. Somebody was asking me the other day, because um, I'm shooting something, I'm shooting a TV show where I like just had to go to a, a high school reunion. And, oh. and somebody asked me if I went to my high school reunion. And um, I, my year high school reunion, I lived in Chicago and I had a show that night, but it was close to where the reunion was. Mm-hmm. And I went and I got off the train And I was walking across the street and the same girl that would have been smoking outside of school when we graduated was standing outside of the reunion smoking.
1: Like Janine Garofalo and like, but not, but not, not that girl, but like, uh,
0: the girl who's like, her hair was super big and she was like sleeping with everybody. And it was like Um. real, it was like real rough. She was, she looks the same she was smoking the same cigarette I actually just walked past and I didn't go I just felt like oh I, I, I actually felt like I had all the information I just <laughs> felt like I was like oh got it and I just yeah 10 years is too soon
1: yeah yeah did you have you been to ice high school, no I really wanted to go but like everybody thought I wouldn't so nobody told me about him god then- <laughs> Yeah, they were like, she's too cool to want to come. I'm like, oh my God, what are you talking about? Like, I would have been there, like, on, like, the punch committee. Like, they would be there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, I would have loved to have gone back. Um, But I missed them. And yeah. then I, I think, you know, living in uh, my school, living in L.A., it's not like I would have flown back to New York, for one. But had I been in town, I definitely would have been first one there. Absolutely. Maybe not the first one there, but, like, <laughs> in my mind. <laughs>
0: sort of toward the end of this but <laughs> yeah. but you would yeah okay so then you, what hap- what happens next in your life oh, yeah. you're that's all that's all going on and
1: um you graduate then, from the high school graduate from high school i go to paris for a year and pretend to go to college and then come back to nyu and pretend to go to college at nyu for a while and then start djing and then get cut off when my parents realize that i am not currently going to school, and they're just paying for it. Um, and then I started DJing full-time, like, full, full, full-time to pay my rent and all that shit. And then I was also had a band, so I was making music at the time to pay. I started DJing to pay for my band, and then I started DJing to pay for my rent. <laughs> and then I got a record deal uh, I signed to Rockefeller Records just jay-z's record label yeah obviously um and then uh like i worked with kanye when his jaw was wired shut like that was that's a whole whole nother thing and then um i moved out to la to do to rehearse for tour and stuff wait i want to stop
0: you for a second here so like how well how well is your how well is your dj career going like like or how quickly is that happening Like, and all this band stuff, what's the time, what's, like, the timeline on that?
1: I would say, uh, it really picked up, like, I was working, I mean, from day one, I was working seven days a week, but, you know, for, like, $150 a night, and then, uh, my first, like, real big DJ gig was the Godzilla movie premiere in New York, (laughs) I'm guessing that's 99. 98 or 99 and then i pretty much kind of was lucky i just kind of was going was that overwhelming was that fun like what did that feel like at the time it was fun like i always had a really good work ethic so i was always just kind of like where do i have to be what time you know new york was like 10 p.m till 4 a.m like it was like it was a long fucking night and um so then when i was doing events was so much better because it was like two or three hours like maybe four at the most. Um, Yeah, and it just kind of, like, took off. And are you, like, out and queer at this
0: time? Like, is that also part of this vibe?
1: No, you know, uh, my parents weren't so stoked on the whole thing. So I was pretty, like, it was definitely not something I was, like, proud of or announcing at all. It was horrible. I was, like, pretty bummed when I, like, came to terms with the fact that, like, I was not straight. Yeah. I was like, fuck, why not my sister? Like, why does it have to be me? Yeah. Like, I have arthritis already. Like, now I have to be gay, too? Like, what the fuck? And yeah. uh, my mother's, uh, you know, my mother grew up in England in, you know, the 40s, 50s, and basically gay is akin to Predator. There's not much of a separation there. So that was fun. Um, yeah. That was brutal. So I kept it pretty much hidden from her. And then when she found out about it, she confronted me and it was gnarly. And I lied and told her I wasn't gay. And so she said, I should focus on being straight. And she was going to take me clothing shopping and that was going to change everything. Um, needless to say, it didn't, (laughs) but I think it was a big reason why I moved to LA because I, you know, in New York, she lived around the corner from me and went to all the same clubs I went to. (laughs) So it was kind of hard to be me in front of her. And it also like, it took me a really long time to be okay with who I am, like pathetically long time. Like, yeah, I had one of the most public relationships ever, and I was not comfortable with who I was. It wasn't like, yeah. So I think in a way it made, it forced my mom to deal with it, you know, because there was no avoiding it at all. Yeah. And, uh, And I think maybe that was maybe one of the... Silver linings of that situation, but uh, I'm like finally in a relationship. That, like I feel like I'm not, you know. I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and I, I'm not sure if I, ex- I'm finally cool with who I am, or if society finally is. So I'm not sure if it's if it's my growth or if it's the world around me's growth that's made me accepting of who I am. Wow, I really hear
0: you, and. I want to be respectful around any boundaries that you have around talking about this, but I do feel like, especially for like younger listeners who might not know what you're talking about. I feel like there's a moment here to sort of like fill in the gaps, um, in that what you're talking about is that you were in a relationship with Lindsay Lohan. That was very front page news. Um, uh in like a paparazzi magazine um pre-internet sort of a pre-instagram pre-instagram sure yes like a sort of a exactly like pre-social media
1: pre-controlling
0: our own narrative that's what i was trying to get to yes exactly like pre i'm sharing this information it was information that was shared about
1: about you um, it was mind and and uh, mind and i would say aggressively taken the information yeah i mean that's let's call it fracking maybe yeah
0: <laughs> 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 well i mean that's certainly um yeah that's certainly what it looked like I, I think at the time also we're like just in the midst of this examination of the way that like young women especially were treated in the this like early two thousands era.
1: The way Perez Hilton called me Saman, he liked to capitalize the man in Samantha, and uh, like he obviously had his own internalized homophobia because he was one of the most homophobic, I think, of the bloggers um, at the time. And those bloggers had so much power, and he and I had a run in prior to my relationship with Lindsay, and so he had it out for me, like, and just went to town and i grew up in a world where you just kind of like rise above it you know when they go low we go high but it was before like i it's easy to go high now because you can then say whatever you want on social media and your point gets across but if you just say nothing and turn the other cheek everyone just believes whatever they're hearing right <laughs> did you ever see that movie American President with Michael Douglas and Annette Benning. I don't think I I have. No, I I think it's Michael Douglas. I might be lying. Maybe it's Martin Sheen. I don't know. He's my president, but um, (laughs) but uh, there's a scene in it where like the president is being stoked and baited and baited by like the I don't know the guy running against him, and he finally says like people want to hear something, and if you don't say it, they're gonna go to whatever this. Basically, like they want water and if they don't have it, they'll go to the Oasis. Do you know what I mean? They'll go to yes. whatever looks like it. So I was dumb enough to think that, like, the truth will shine through, and instead I got fucking pummeled and, like, turned into, like, the Cato Kalen of DJs.
0: Do you know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I actually, you know, I don't know what this was like for you. I mean, I'm super interested. Well, I guess and I really appreciate you first of all pointing out right of course it's not pre internet I think so I think for me I think so much about like social media is so synonymous now with like mm-hmm. with um with like just being on, being you know online or or it's like that's what it is that I think I, I for like forgot about that very long period of time when um when blogs it was like rolled. traditional media and blogs and blogs were like written by T- like 20 people they're just like more than many people that were doing that no. and um and they had like a huge effect and
1: and it's really hard to sue for libel as i learned because i then tried to sue perez hilton for <laughs> libel <laughs> like just really hard to sue for libel in general or yes yeah. it's one of those things where like yes they're like well you're a public figure i was like i wasn't a public figure until you made me a public figure right so it was it's kind of a catch twenty-two situation.
0: Is that how you, you you felt that you weren't a public figure until that point? Because <laughs> like you were doing you were you were working as a DJ?
1: I'd managed to to go for, you know, at least ten years under the radar, like DJing every party you never heard of because I was a <laughs> trusted person that could DJ your event without ever leaking any details. So I did all the crazy high profile events. I just had NDAs. So like every party you never heard of, I did, you know, I was well known enough to get all the gigs I wanted. Yes. And just not well known enough to have just a normal everyday life. I wasn't, I wasn't the kind of DJ that was like arriving at events and being like, hey, let me go walk the red carpet. I was like, I don't want to do the red carpet. Let me just DJ You can get pictures of me inside. I never... I was never trying to be famous that was never a goal of mine
0: you know it also i think maybe from the outside i mean i'm just it played cool right like that's the coolest dj the one who doesn't that's the coolest that's that's cool like to you know to just like show up and do the do the job i feel like maybe like a it girl vibe was going on of like you know not necessarily Known but by the like, there, like, there's a coolness factor. I to had been, done to even like know Calvin, who You are
1: yeah, you like know? I'd done Calvin Klein campaigns. I'd done stuff like that. I'd done like yeah. the cool girl modeling shit. Like, That's what I'm talking about. Cool, yeah. there's like that. That vibe was for sure there. Yes, yes.
0: um And then overnight, it's this other thing. Not overnight, did it feel like it was? Like it was other did,
1: you, did it feel like it was overnight? It really was because I used to hang outside, smoking cigarettes outside the clubs. I would DJ and I would see the same paparazzi guys there every night, you know, and we would shoot the shit, talk shit. We would like, I'd make fun of them. And it was very, it was just whatever they were. It it was like the valet guys, us, the door guys, the paparazzi guys. the whatever, everybody would talk to each other. Right. The fucking same losers that never got into the club every night that were always there. (laughs) You know, you would talk to them too. (laughs) And like, yeah, you could both talk to you. You can't come in, but you can be part of like this little <laughs> gang. And, uh, and then, it, and then I was laughing when they started taking my picture and I was like, you see the insanity in this, right? And they're like, yeah, but we have to take the picture. And I'm just like, but it's the same me as like last week. And they're like, yeah, we we know it's weird. They also knew I, I wasn't like the kind of person that was going to say something provocative to get airtime. So. You know, and I would kind of just wear the same thing all the time. So that way, is it Monday? Is it Friday? Is it Christmas? You know, like. Wow. To like, to devalue the pictures. Mm -hmm. It wasn't on purpose necessarily. It was just, I wasn't going to, I wasn't changing me for any sort of bump in hits. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't grow up like that. Like my dad wrote some of the biggest songs of all time and could always walk down the street just fine. Like to me, success wasn't celebrity success was a career, a long career where you're respected for what you do.
0: Is this still part of your
1: life? The, the, like, the paparazzi stuff? Yeah. No, like I can go to one of those like paparazzi restaurants and not be bothered. Do you know what I mean? Like they know that I'm not going to say anything interesting, you know, I'm not going to like give them the quote that they want. And, um, and it's also like, thank you, next. You know, that whole thing, that whole scene is so disposable. Yeah. You know, like as much as everything is, you know, yes, nothing is really the lining of a birdcage anymore because it's all forever on the internet. Like, it's not like yesterday's news necessarily. It's still there. But, you know, the next, now it's just like reality, like fame for fame's sake is really kind of what it's, all about now. Like nobody's That's right. like, I mean, most of the people that when I do happen to like pass an Us Weekly at an airport, like I'm like, like, I don't know what they do. And if they do anything, it's probably nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the thing that really blew my mind the most at the time was my brother was like winning Grammys and, you know, we'd be at dinner and they didn't ask him questions. They asked me and I was like, talk to him. He's doing interesting shit, you know. He just produced Damien Winehouse's record. Like, what? Is, you you want to know what I think about Paris Hilton's new shirt? I don't. Yeah, I don't think about it. So it's strange,
0: right? I mean, I you know, I certainly see what you're talking about from the outside. You know, I I, know, I, I validate that this did happen. Uh, that you know, you <laughs> like I saw it too. It's not you're not lying. Yeah, yeah. Like this. Yeah, I think. I'm trying to think of, like, a bigger example that sort of falls exactly in this moment where we're transitioning, like, from traditional print media to where we are now, which is, like, total democratization of, you know, media and, like, celebrity for celebrity's sake. You know, like, mm-hmm. that tradi- that huge transition from, like, oh, my God, like, Cary Grant is granting us an interview to, like... Yeah. To like literally, you're gonna see, like all everybody's the, underwear. Yeah, you're gonna see like all the Kardashians' news, like first from them. You know, like the the at that massive transition.
1: Yeah, you got to take control. I remember having conversations with friends at the time who were very, 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 very famous and very stalked and hunted. And we had talked about like we should start our own website where we put up the pictures ourselves. You know. Yeah. So basically we invented Instagram. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't see that money from <laughs> translating that into motherfuckers. Actually. God forbid we didn't take an idea and actually execute it. <laughs> um, I will be filing my lawsuit against Instagram for theft of intellectual property. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You don't know. You don't know who was sitting nearby. I can't really imagine a bigger moment that like is emblematic of that. I mean, it's, it's like the, the way that, that like the way that Britney Spears was being, um, dogged constantly at the time, you know, that's like been something that that folks are talking about more, but like what happened to you is really in that exact timeline. And it's as extreme. Um, yeah, but at least from the outside, but I I don't know what it was like from the inside.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think humans are pretty adaptable and, it you very quickly go from to your new normal, right? And so it's like when you're in an abusive relationship, as we all are. I don't know why I said it. Like everyone's been yeah, in an abusive I mean, relationship. I have. Let's let's talk. Sure. I got, okay. I got the framework. All right. So you start with whatever the little thing is, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's cute. That's just they're just jealous. Oops. And then all of a sudden you go from that. Like, ha- if they started with like you know, holding you hostage in your home, you'd be like, this is not a relationship I want to be in. This is crazy. I need to get the fuck out. And as soon as I get outside this front door, I'm going, I'm headed for the hills. Not to say I've ever been in that position or anything. And then, but, you're, but you don't realize how fucking crazy that is because it, it's all these little things along the way, right? And so you're just like, oh, that's just a Tuesday at this point. And so, um, and I feel like that's what it's like when you're in that, in that world, you're just like every little, every day you're just kind of like, just kind of s- surviving, I suppose. And you're just like, oh, that's just, that's just my life now. So how have you recovered from this?
0: You know, I mean, like you seem to be able to talk about it with ease and.
1: Massive and amounts of therapy. No, of grace. Um, <laughs> I think it's just, it's just so long ago. And at the time I really didn't want to talk about the situation, especially not after. Cause I was like, I'm not trying to like sell out on this relationship I was in. Do you know what I mean? And, and also I didn't want to be known. I don't want to be the fucking Kato, Kalen you DJ. I don't want to be known. That's the only thing people know me as Oh, I want forever. to come back to that too. Yes, but keep going, keep going. <laughs> like I just like didn't want to be I didn't want that to be my legacy like that's what I'm known as like the pizza boy with Cher do you know what I mean like I've done a lot of interesting things in my life yeah but um so yeah I never really talked about it I never I still don't really I just like it seems so far away at this point that I have some perspective I suppose
0: well I mean I know this is like not what anybody intended when that Stuff was happening, but like for me, I will say it did matter to like see pictures of you and see. I mean, it's not like I like am happy that happened to you, but I will say that uh, I'm not happy that that (laughs) happened to you. But um, you know, I think um, just like there was stuff that you were doing with your hair and your clothes that I wasn't seeing elsewhere, and it is insane that that is where a reference point existed at that time. Like how fucked up for that to be where a reference point could exist. Um, but it did mean something, you know, in my life. Uh, I don't yeah, know people tell you that, but it's, you know, I've heard a it, weird side effect.
1: I've heard it here and there. And, you know, somebody was telling my girlfriend that like, I made it okay for girls to wear sneakers <laughs> and like things like that. And there's things that came out of that that are pretty great. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, you're my first crush or I never knew and you made it <laughs> okay. And I was like, and I just think it's, The crazy part to me is that I was so not okay with who I was. Yeah, that's shocking to hear. That it that it felt that it feels almost like criminal on my part when people are like, "Thank you for letting me be," know that it was okay to be me. I was like, I didn't know it was okay to be me. (laughs) Like, I feel like kind of a fraud a little bit in that sense. And you know, it's there's still you know, I think about it. I went to this place this place called the Hoffman process and it's like a you with know, like childhood trauma and all this kind of stuff and and I and I kind of always want to know like who I would have been if I was okay with who I was when I was 18 oh my god like what oh would I god. wear totally. yeah you know like what would I like I remember being at like DJing something for like at a for a Hillary Clinton campaign event and um there was like this young girl who was like so cool and like so like l g b t q i a whatever supporting you know she was leading the charge on that side for the Hillary campaign, I think at her school or something. and I was like, oh man, like I wish I was like I never dated anybody like that when I was young like i I was always like, I think I pretty much always dated straight girls, but Never weren't that straight, clearly, but, um, it was always like like I wonder what it would have been like if I was like cool with who I was when I was young and like what my experiences would have been and and you know i I never djed gay parties. I didn't really start doing that until <laughs> till I started doing a party with Kate Manig and my friend Allison Spiegelman and cam like. That was like one of the first times I even went to like a girl bar. I was like in my thirties, you know, like, and it was just so crazy that like I I think about like how, you know, because in the nineties, like there was wasn't okay to be gay and 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 not like you were gay. If you were gay, then that meant what I had to like grow out my leg hair and wear shorts and like live in Vermont. Like what there there was there was no there was nobody out there who was like, it was like Ellen and then your show gets canceled. So you can't, you don't get to be anything other. And I think up until really recently, like the way gays are portrayed in media, it's like you don't get to be gay and something else. Your character is gay. That's it. Your alternative. (laughs) Like, you have tattoos, you have an alternative job. You probably work in a coffee shop and uh, can't pay your rent and you're just yeah. wild. You know, there was no, there was no gay people really who were like me or like you or like anything other than just like, you only got to be gay. That was it. And I, and so I, I, I was a little annoyed during the whole celebrity part of my Life, where everyone was like, "Oh, we well, do this gay party or do this," and I was like, "No, that's like the." When I think about who I am, my sexuality is so low on that list. Like I'm English, I'm Jewish, I'm a twin, I'm a musician, I'm a DJ. Oh yeah, I, I. Like girls. But I've also had really, really serious relationships with men. So, like, do I want to say I'm bisexual? Not really, because then I feel like I'm like shortchanging the very serious relationships I've had with women that are probably much more real than, you know, I don't, but it's just like I just got so annoyed by everybody wanting me to just be gay and that's it. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't mm. think that was. I didn't think that was fair to who I was as a human. I feel like that part of being known as someone's girlfriend, a girl's girlfriend, was a little bit frustrating. That makes sense. <laughs> um, I guess, especially when I wasn't comfortable with it myself.
0: Yeah i I don't know. I'm very curious. I don't know if. I only know what it's like to be my age and have had the life that I've had. I don't know, you know, you know, there's that thing of like, it's so much better for younger people and it's so different now. And I feel like I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. Like, obviously I know there are changes. I know there are changes like in media. I don't know if it's different in families, like in family systems. I just don't know if we know that yet. Like those kids are still young. I don't know if it's, you know, different in, religions like I think there are some places where it really hasn't changed but I'm just this is all just to say like so much of queer identity for folks our age is this thing of not having been okay to be us that I am very curious to find out what queer identity will look like when that is not the centerpiece because I think when that is the message get that that you're getting as a kid as a teen as a person like in my 20s is it's still a message i get you know it's still like people have questions or have weird looks or you know i'll read something that's like stuff is still insane (laughs) and yeah like i and when it's also insane in my own background you know when i got the sort of reactions that you're talking about getting from my family from friends and from self then it's like i just i just am very curious to find out like you and I have had an experience of living that I don't know if that experience will exist again for, you know, for, I know it will it'll exist for people younger than us a little bit. I don't know if it exists for 13 year olds. I don't know if this will be their life.
1: I think it does in, in outside of the bubble of LA, New York, Miami, I think in the middle, Mm-hmm. I think anywhere I think religious religious homes, you know, I grew up Jewish and went to like Orthodox synagogue, and you know, it was weird when I got sober, and you know there's so much God in sobriety that I was like, "Which this God that says I'm good, because the God that I know very, very well, that I grew up with says i'm um, I'm, I'm bad, like there's. And like, I don't know where in the Old Testament it says that, but it's something that I picked up along the way, right? (laughs) Somehow just the assumption is gay is bad. And so I had to like try to put the gods together from AA and from Judaism. And um, I think anywhere religion is, you know, I mean, there's a temple in LA where they have a, a gay rabbi, a lesbian rabbi. And I'm just like, mm, nah, this isn't, I shouldn't be here. This is the wrong synagogue. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I still have this like internalized thing where it's like, mm, is that, where are we, you know? But I think I was, I, the only time I ever, the, only, the first time I ever went to the New York Pride Parade was during the Hillary campaign. And I went with the Hillary campaign and we were walking and I was with a friend of mine and there was a super old couple in front of us holding hands. And I was just like, and then I saw this, you know, these other like kids that were like, I'm vegan today. Tomorrow I'm gay. Yesterday I was, you know, cause it's just so, I'm just being an old, miserable, bitter gay, <laughs> but it's just like, it's so fluid these days, you know? And it's it, it saying you're gay. I, I think it doesn't have the weight or the fear that I think it did for us. Like you wouldn't say it unless you really, really meant it, you know, cause you really didn't want to be it. Or maybe you did. I don't know. But I did, really didn't want to be it. And I, and, and I was like, these fucking kids these days, you know. And my friends, like, pointed out the couple in front of us. And she was like, look at them. Like, imagine how incredible it must be for them and how hard they had to fight for us and then for them. And I just, she was like, just smile. Just be happy. <laughs> and I was like, right, 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 right. <laughs> but it is crazy, like, how far We've come in such a short amount of time. Yeah. This was an awesome
0: conversation and we're about to like hit the end of it. Um, and there's a thing that I always do. I always ask if a guest wants to shout out a queero, which is like a person, place, or thing that made you feel that you could be who you are today. Is there anybody want, is there any, is there anyone or anything that you would like to shout out?
1: Wow. Um, I mean, I guess I would have to say Ellen DeGeneres. She was so present in media and in the world when I was coming to terms with whoever I was. I mean, I, it also like sent me reeling back when she got fired, but yeah, but, but I mean, I think she's done so much for, I mean, she's, I mean, could you imagine a gay woman having like a daytime talk show? Like, it's pretty incredible what, what she's done. I know people have mixed feelings about her, but I think she's, she's a force. Well, thank
0: you so much for, for being here and for everything you talked about. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of people listening that'll have a lot of compassion for you on this wild ride that you were going through, but also that will feel a lot of identification. You know, that's what life was like for me at that time. I just didn't know that was also what life was like for you. (laughs) And it looked like I was
1: just chilling. Yeah, you looked like you were chilling, that's true.